Thank you. Got my football today. Somebody had asked me, maybe was it Leanne, somebody asked me after church on Christmas Eve, they're like, where was the football? And I was like, oh, I don't know, it was Christmas Eve. They're like, well, you preached with a football in your hand and you didn't have it, so we were just wondering where it was. So it's not a, yeah, it's not a rule, it doesn't have to be every Sunday, but you know, I, I do like my football. I do feel comfortable holding it, so I do have it. Uh, just a couple uh, piggyback off of what uh, Pastor Andy was saying. Uh, yeah, I just really would encourage you guys to be in prayer about what the Lord uh, really wants you to fast. Um, and, you know, we'll talk more about fasting in the month of January, too, because it's not just a one-time thing. Uh, it really is, you know, living a fasted life and what that looks like. Uh, but also, you know, fasting is not getting rid of Netflix so you can spend time on Facebook, Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fast binge watching you know, my favorite show and then just spend the rest of your time doing some other type of technology or whatever it is. So really, I mean, be in prayer about it. The Lord will lead you. He will guide you. He's done that for us every year. He has led us uh, to certain things, even certain types of food. Because uh, really, fasting is going without something. And at the end of the day, it's to get your flesh in line with your spirit. And sometimes our flesh needs to get in line with our spirit. Amen? We know that, right? We live in America, and our flesh is constantly wanting to, you know, get all the stuff that's out there for us to get, and sometimes we've got to remind our flesh to get in line uh, with our spirit, and so that's really what fasting is all about. It's a lot, about a lot of things, but that's it. And then he also talked about the Bible reading plans, which I'm excited about. Uh, and I want to do our, uh, our offering here, Scripture. Some of you came to me last Sunday and asked what the scripture was that I used towards the end of my message. Uh, well, I'm going to just base our offering off of that so you can see it. Grace, if you want to pull that up. It's out of 2 Samuel 23, and it's verse 10. And this is the scripture. It's talking about some of David's fighting men, his three mighty men of valor, three of his men. This is specifically talking about one of them. It says, he arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary. And his hand stuck to the sword. Stuck to the sword. No matter how hard the battle was, no matter how big the fight was, no matter how much the challenge was, his hand stuck to the sword. And we referenced that as being the word of God last week, as the sword and the word of God being, you know, one and the same. And so when we hold on to the word of God, holding fast onto it, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, no matter the financial challenges we might have, no matter whatever bill is standing in front of us, we hold fast to the word. And here's what happened. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to plunder. The Lord, the Lord caused the victory. And he does that when we hold on to his word. So let's pray over our offering this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for every gift, every giver, Lord. We thank you for these tithes and offerings, Lord. We lift them up to you, Lord. We just want to honor you with our finances. We trust in you, Lord. We hold on tight to the word of God and the promises that you have, that we will seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, and all these things will be added onto us. Everything that we need to eat and wear and live, it's all added onto us. And we thank you for it, Lord. I just pray your blessing over this message, Lord, as we wrap up this series, Lord, that you would just open our ears to hear and our eyes to see what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Okay, thank you, Chet. 
Okay, uh, open up your Bibles uh, to, let's do Proverbs 4, and then you can also open to Psalm 119. Anybody know something, an interesting fact about Psalm 119? Longest chapter in the Bible. It's a Bible reading church. Hallelujah. I love it. Proverbs 4, verse 20. And remember, this is the last message in this series that we're doing is the Word became flesh. And we've really been talking about the Word of God in the month of December. How the Word is a seed. How the Word is the sword. How the Word became flesh. How the Word is a mirror. If you didn't get one of those mirror copies of those handouts I had, there are some on the back table. That the mirror of God, that as it's reflected back to us, it tells us who we truly are. The world doesn't tell us who we are, but the Word of God tells us who we are. And this morning we're going to do the Word as a lamp. The Word as a lamp. It's another uh, kind of a analogy that the Bible uses about the Word, and we're going to get there. But let me just start in Proverbs 4, which has been our series scripture all along. Starting in verse 20, says this, My son, give attention to my words. Give attention to them. Read them. Look at them. Put them in front of your eyes. There's so many things that are competing for our attention, church. So many things that are competing for our attention. Even, even when you watch a show on Netflix or whatever, you got three or four commercials of other shows trying to grab your attention. Most of them, which really are a complete waste of time. But they're grabbing for our attention. But the Bible says, and the Word of God says, and the Lord is saying, my son, give attention to my words. Give attention to these things. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Your eyes, your ears. And keep them in the midst of your heart. And the reason we do this, the reason why it's important, the Bible says in verse 22, for they are life to those who find them. And health to to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Issues of life. We can find our answers to right here. And we don't have to, it doesn't even have to be random. The Lord will lead us and guide us as we read his word, as he shows us and leads us and what he wants us to meditate on from a scripture perspective. So turn with me to Psalm 119. Again, the outcome of this series is that I, we would just be inspired to get into the Word more. Whatever that means, whatever that looks like for you, each person's unique. There are morning people, there are evening people, there are people, like Pastor Andy said, who want to, need to check the box off every single day. There are those who just want to check the box off periodically. There are those who don't want to check the box at all. And that's okay. God has created us all differently. But what's not okay is if we never get our eyes in the word. Because the Lord says we need to put it attention. We have to give it attention. We have to put our eyes upon it. So each of us has to find our chair. Where's your chair at? Where's your chair where you sit morning, evening? Maybe it's your bed. Maybe it's a literally your couch. Maybe it's in your car. Where is your chair and where you spend time with him? Maybe it's on a walk. Maybe it's in the shower. There's no... It doesn't say specifically in the Bible, you must sit in a chair that looks like this, made of wood, in this position. No, it doesn't say any of that. It just says we have to give attention to his word. 
And there's many, many ways to do that and many different tools that are available. How many know that we are blessed to have a lot of tools available in this day and age? The Bible app is a fantastic tool to use. We have the Bible reading plan, which Pastor Andy just talked about. We've got our daily devotional that's out there. There is just so many opportunities and ways to get into the Word. So I just would ask, encourage you to ask the Lord, what does that mean for you? What does it mean for you going, ending this year and going into next year? What does that look like? So the word as a lamp. Psalm 119. Turn there if you're not already there. Before I read it, I want to give you a story about myself and a little lamp in my life. You know this story? Maybe I've ever told you this story. Maybe I've told you this story. So when I was... Uh, and the analogy of this, let me just preface with this. The analogy of this lamp is, think of it as what the world has to offer. Because the, 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 the Bible says that Satan comes, what? Disguising as an angel of light. So he tries to fool us that he has light, that he has something that we need for visibility in our life. And he actually doesn't have it. So when I was young, uh, we lived in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and I would use our basement. There's a couple, like six steps that goes down to our basement. And I would play sports down there. Shocking. I would play sport. I would throw footballs down there. I would play Nerf basketball. How, how many of you remember Nerf basketball, right? It's like this little Nerf ball. It's about that big. And there's a little hoop. I played that for hours. I was Michael Jordan. I'm telling you, I was Michael Jordan. I mean, I played for hours down there. All through the winter, I'd be shooting hoops, playing basketball, playing baseball. I mean, I broke stuff. There was all kinds of stuff happening in that basement. But there was a lamp in the basement. And the lamp I needed to turn on when I went down there so I could see, so there would be some light. And this lamp had a short in it, an electrical short in the lamp, meaning when I turned it on, it would start to, like, you know, I mean, it would blink a little bit, it would buzz a little bit, and it would shut off. And then eventually it would turn on, and then it would shut off, and then it would turn on. And then I couldn't see. And I was always so frustrated with this lamp. And I'd go tell my parents, like, ah, this, this stupid lamp doesn't work at all. I don't understand it. And then I went down there one, I maybe it was a Sunday afternoon, I can't remember the day. But I went downstairs, I was all fired up to be Michael Jordan. I was going to win the championship. I was, you know, it was a million-dollar shot. I was going to take it that day. And I touched that lamp, and it shocked me. I'm talking, I, was, I got electrocuted, like, big time. I grabbed a hold of that lamp to turn it, and it just was And I was like, oh! I was like, I was eight years old. I didn't know really what had happened. I started crying. I went upstairs. I was like, Dad, Mom, I just got electrocuted. I'm laying on the floor. Now, for those who know me, I can over-dramatize things in my life. Uh, my kids was like, oh, my gosh, Dad, the drama. So this started when I was young. This isn't something new that I've just started doing recently. I mean, I was drama. I, I remember, like, crawling up the stairs. Like, okay, I don't know how much voltage it was. It really wasn't all that much. I survived, right? Right? I was coming up the stairs, and I laid in the, I remember laying in the middle of the living room. Oh, Dad, I got electrocuted. Right? And, and God bless my dad. And then, so my dad was like, I love him. God rest his soul. Uh, he passed away this past April. Uh, but he, okay, he, used to, he was a fighter. 
He was a guy who had a short temper, and he got rid of that as he met Jesus. I'll tell you what. His transformation of Jesus in his life was amazing. But I remember that day, oh, he was mad at the lamp. Because the lamp was trying to give light, and it wasn't giving light. In fact, what was supposed to be meant for light actually was harmful. And I was thinking about that story today, because I'm talking about the word as a lamp. And the world has lamps to offer that when you touch them, and when you think they will bring you some kind of light or some kind of truth, they actually electrocute you. They actually shock you. Not in a good way. And so my dad went marching down there. He tore that lamp out of, the, out of the plug. He brought it up. He said, I'm taking this thing outside. And so he took it outside, and he came back with a baseball bat. I was like, Dad. He's like, this is for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I got to continue my sporting activities that afternoon with my baseball bat. And I went outside, and I beat that lamp. I mean, I absolutely destroyed it right in the middle of the yard. I'm just beating on this thing. And I just completely destroyed it. I say all that because the word, this lamp, is a true lamp. This lamp is not meant to harm. This lamp is not meant to electrocute. But this lamp is meant to illuminate and to make visible what God has in store for us. Psalm 119.103 says this, How sweet are your words, to my taste. They're sweet. They're not electrocuting. Now, some of them pierce, and we know that. Some of the words pierce, and, they're, and they are really challenge us in a lot of ways. But the, it says here that the words are sweet, sweeter than honey to my mouth. How many have had some sweet cookies? Yeah, a break. How many have you eaten a cookie right now? <laughs> Pastor Liz already said, I don't mind. That's okay. You can eat your cookie. It's fine. But it says, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Through this word, there is understanding that is available to us. Therefore, I hate every false way. Look at the order of that. Look at the order of that. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. It doesn't go the other way around. It's not like, ah, I see the way of the world and I really just don't like it, therefore I'm going to go get in the word of God. This is actually saying it works the opposite way. It's saying when we're in the word of God, when we're using the word of God to gain understanding, it's then that the light is opened up and we then begin to see in the darkness that which surrounds us. We are able to determine then those things that are actually out there trying to electrocute us. And we can stay away from those things. Think about that for a minute. Verse 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So the main point here this morning is that the word brings visibility. It brings visibility. And it brings visibility to our surroundings, but it brings it in two specific ways that that verse just said. Number one, it brings it as a lamp to my feet. So what does that look like? What does that mean? Now, we got to think about when this was written. Yeah, this was written before Jesus. They didn't have light switches. They didn't have headlights. They didn't have flashlights. They basically had a lamp. 
They had something that was lit, something that was fire, something that was not necessarily opening up the whole room for us to be able to see. But there was a light that was in front of them. And here's what I see when I read this. A lamp to our feet. Think about that. The lamp is shedding light and it's illuminating what? Where we're standing. It's illuminating specifically where we're standing. It's showing you where your feet are. The word of God, when we read it, and when we put it on the inside, it literally reveals, makes visible where you are standing. And there are so many times in our life when we're not doing, and me included, and there's times where we don't actually know where we're standing. We feel like something's going on down there. We feel like we're standing on something that maybe doesn't feel like solid ground, that doesn't feel like the rock that the Bible says we need to stand on. But what the actual word of God does is it's a lamp to our feet. It actually makes us look down and say, where, where am I standing? What is actually around my feet? Are there dangers all around me that I need visibility to? Am I standing in something, the proverbial, all right, we've got dogs, so I'm not going to say it, but, right? If it's pitch dark out and I go to the dog area where the dogs go to the bathroom, and I can't see, there's a good chance I'm going to step in something that I didn't want to step in. But there's a light that we have that illuminates that area, just specifically that area. It's like when they built the house, it was made for us. We turn on the light, and boom, there's a light right in where the dogs go to the bathroom. And I can see. It's a lamp to my feet. I can see where I need to navigate. Where do I need to stand? And that's what the Word of God does for us. It reveals where you are. Much like the scripture we said two weeks ago or last week, how it divides spirit, yeah? And soul. It shows us where we are. The word is a lamp unto our feet. It illuminates. And I'm not mean it's, it's not illuminating all the way. It's just right here. It's just showing exactly where we are. The second thing that it does is that it's a light to our path. Now, whenever I think of a light to our path, I think of it with today's technology, I think of, you know, like headlights that are illuminating way far in front of us that we can see. But again, when this was written, all this is saying is that, you know what? Many times, I know that the Lord has spoken to many of you and to us, and he has given us a, a vision of the future, of what's down there. But what I have never gotten is all the exact turns and twists and ways in order to get from here to there. But what the word of God does, what this verse is saying is that it's a light to our path. It's not this illuminating headlight, like a locomotive headlight, that opens up everything to see. It says, you know what? There's a light on my feet, and there's a light for me to take that next step. Okay, I'm looking down at my feet. I know where I'm at. The lamp is on my feet. The light is to my path. I take the next step. And this journey of our Christian walk really is, it's a marathon. It's a, it's a slow walk in a lot of ways. And I think too often, the, you know, the world has all these things that it has to offer. But the world, as the Bible says, that road is wide. That road is very well lit for them. It's very easy to see what the next step is because it's trying to tell you exactly where to go. But when you're on that narrow path, 
When you're on that narrow path, walking the way Jesus is having you walk and and just trying to say, Lord, what do you want me to go do next? When we get into the word of God, he begins to reveal, ah, there's the next step. The light, there's the next step. And we begin to see and be able to navigate the path that we're on. This light to our path, it helps us to see the twists and the turns. It helps us to see the next step. And to be honest, I don't think that we can handle, at least I can't always handle, all of the twists and turns if they were revealed to us all at once. Right, church? I mean, if the Lord would have showed us all of the challenges and the difficulties and the things that we had to go through both in our personal relationship and in our marriage and with our kids, if he would have showed me all that, say, hey, you leave GE and you go help at the church, whether they pay you or not. And here's all the things that are going to happen. <laughs> Let me show you a big lie. I'm going to reveal the whole picture to you. Not just the end game, but all of the twists and the turns. You know what? We would have been like, nah. No, we're going to live what? We're going to do what? We're going to live what? How many kids? We can? Wait, no. No, we're good. I like my little, my little, my GE, I shouldn't say little, the GE salary. I like all the benefits and the health care and all those. What do you mean go without health care for years and years and years? No, 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 that doesn't, that's not. But the Lord says, take the, he said, leave GE. And it was like, that was a little bit of a light on that path. And I was like, okay. And then there was a little light on the path and we said, Okay. So, so many times what the word is revealing to us, what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, is giving you enough light to see your next step. Not necessarily the entire path that he has for us. Practically, how do we do this? Practically, we have to say, you know what, Lord? Reveal to me the next step that I have to take. We pray this prayer often. It's part of this time of prayer and fasting that's coming up. Ask him, Lord, what is the next step I need to take? Get into the word of God. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, show me, lead me, guide me. What is the next step? Get into the word of God. Find the promises that are related to those things that you need to know from a biblical perspective. Lord, what is it? What truth can I stand on? What firm foundation can I stand on? And when you do that, what the Bible is saying is it's a lamp to your feet. And then it's a light to your path. You can see where to go next. Whether or not he wants you to go on a keto diet on January 2nd, you won't find that specifically in here. I've looked. I'm trying to find, you know what, do I cut sugar? Do I cut grain? Do I cut both? Do I eat just vegetables? Do I stop watching Netflix? I can't find that specifically in here. But this word, as we read it, and it begins to illuminate and light our path, and the Holy Spirit begins to manifest and move and work in our lives, he begins to reveal to us the next step that we need to take. And here's what I would tell you, church, as we close out 2021. Jake, if you want to come back up. As we close out 2021, and we go into 2022, I want us to be a church that turns first to God, In every single situation. Because I can tell you, there's many situations that come up and I turn to Google first. 
Come on, guys, I'm just being honest, right? Situation happens in your life, you see a spot on your leg. Come on. I said, oh, there's a spot on my leg. I wonder if I'll just, I'll just take a picture of it and I'll Google it, and I'll send it to every nurse that I know and say, what is this spot? Come on, we all do these kinds of things, don't we? And no matter the situation, I want us, our heart to be first to turn to God, to turn to the Word of God before we get ourselves worked up or cranked up on any Google search or Safari search or whatever method of searching information that we use today, is that we search first the information here, the truth here, because the Bible says that the Word is, the Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our paths. And it will lead us and it will guide us. The word brings visibility. It allows us to see what's right in front of us. So as we close this morning... Reference back to that old lamp that electrocuted me. And that's what the world wants to do. It's what the world has to offer. A fake light, a light that doesn't really work, isn't really truth. It is only meant to harm. Now, I was finishing up this message this, this morning. The Lord just showed me, this is not rocket science, but there's only one letter difference between the Word and the world. But that one letter makes all the difference. Completely changes everything. The word is truth. So bow your heads this morning. I just want to read the rest of this portion of the psalm out of 109. It says this, I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord. Many of you have had a difficult year this year. Many of you lost loved ones, lost jobs, had difficult challenges. You were afflicted very much. But the Bible says, Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Revive each and every one of us, Lord, this morning, according to your word. Accept, I pray, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgments. My life, Our life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. Heavenly Father, and as we close out this year, 
Lord, I ask that you would lead us and guide us into moving forward into this new year with you. Lord, lead us in this time of fasting and of prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you truly are a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit as the counselor, as one who reveals to us things to come, steps to take, the specifics that we each need for our life. And Lord, as we close out this year, Lord, I pray that you would just speak to every person here the specific encouragement that they need, the specific scripture they need to stand on, the specific step they need to take. Whether it be regarding a job, a relationship, a health concern, Lord, that they would seek you, your kingdom, and your righteousness. We thank you for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. I've got some prayer teams that are going to be up front here to pray with you. If you need prayer for anything at all, maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You say, you know what, I can't do this on my own anymore. They can pray with you. They'll be up here after service. They can agree with you in prayer on anything that you might have. Maybe you just want to say, just pray with me so I know exactly what the Lord wants me to fast. They will pray with you, whatever it might be. Remember, there's cookies out there. There's coffee out there. We have a time of fellowship. Let me read this benediction as we close out the service this morning. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen and amen. Have a wonderful week. We will see you next year.